Curtin Cade mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. Rick Jacobs is with us. He's the executive director of Southwest Florida for Kids. Rick, it's good to see you. Good morning. It's good to be here. Thanks for having us. We've had you on the show before talking about four kids. And, of course, we've got our Hope for Kids campaign going on for the month of November to help out foster kids and their families. And we're excited uh, to introduce folks maybe who uh, did not uh, catch our last conversation, um, introduce them to four kids and, and how it all began, what you guys are up to. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, how did four kids actually begin? Yes, about 26 years ago over in Fort Lauderdale uh, through Calvary Chapel, uh, four kids was launched. Um, and it's just really one individual that had a heart to see something different um, from the church to step into this space and say, hey, we can, we can change what's happening in foster care in our state. And from there, it has expanded. It's grown. It started in Broward County, moved up into Palm Beach and into the Treasure Coast, four counties there. And then in January of 2022, we launched uh, Four Kids Southwest Florida. So hmm. um, absorbing five counties here, uh, Collier, Lee, Charlotte, Glades, and Hendry. And then most recently, we moved down into Miami-Dade. And so um, our mission is a home for every child, not just a home, but a Christian home. We know that Christ obviously mm-hmm. makes the yeah. difference in our lives. And if he makes the difference in our life, when we have a child that comes into care. We want to make sure that whether they're with us for one night or a week or a month or sometimes a lifetime, that we are pouring that Christian foundation that only Christ can bring. Amen. Now we should say, you know something personally about all this too. Okay, should we start singing the song? You remember the old TV show, Eight is Enough? And eight is enough to fill our lives with love. You have eight kids. I I do have eight children. Uh, It's funny, when I I remember when I sent my resume to four kids when they started talking to me about this position. And and you list some of your familial uh, details. Ours always said we have four-plus children or six-plus children, depending on what it was at the time. Uh, Yes, right now we have eight. We have three children that... Um, our biological biological children, mm-hmm. um, they are uh, 28, 26, and 21 years old. Uh, then we have uh, two 16-year-olds and uh, a 4-year-old and an 18-month-old and a 5-month-old and a partridge and a pear tree. Yeah. Da, 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 da. There's another song. There's a song for everything, right? Wow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to uh, to foster kids, how many foster kids do you have? Um, we have two foster kids, and then we have three of our children are adopted from foster care. Right. Um, boy, this whole idea of adopting from foster care, this is a pretty big deal. I think there are some folks who hesitate becoming a foster care parent, maybe for a number of reasons, not the least of which is, what happens if you know I, I become attached to the child and then I don't end up being able to adopt them? And uh, I feel like you know we have that attachment. And so they're like, I don't know if I can handle that after you know having them in my home and really, in essence, having them as one of my kids. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation because the goal of foster care is reunification. Right. Yeah. So when we walk our parents through the classes and they, they sit through several weeks of classes, they hear, they hear that word reunification over and over and over again because we want children to be able to go home. Yeah. So that's the goal. Right. It doesn't always happen that way. Um, about 60% right. of the children end up going back home. They end up going or to a family member. And so right. that's what it looks like. At the same time, we, we as a family, like our family personally, we have just uh, kind of developed the motto, um, love them like they're yours until they're not. And we oh, have had good. I like you know, children 
for a night or a week. We've had some children for two and a half years that ended up leaving our home. And so the the situation is always different depending on each child. But um, we want parents to, to understand what they're stepping into. And this is not just a, a way to, to get in. And, and if your heart is only for adoption, foster care is probably not for you. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's the thing, too. You A calling. Not all of us are called to the same type of ministry. And what being a foster parent is a ministry. I mean, it really is. So what are some things people need to be thinking about in this regard? Well, number one is a desire to do it, but it's much more than that, isn't it? It is. And uh, I, I recall, you know, we've been fostering for about 17 years. Uh, so we started here in Fort Myers in 2006, in the end of 2006. And so that's when we kind of stepped into this journey. And we sat our children down at that time. We had three biological children. They were much younger at that time, obviously. and And it wasn't really getting their buy-in, but really casting the vision for what we were going to be doing as a family. And we told them, we can't as a family like afford to every year go on a mission trip, you know, take all five of us yeah, and travel yeah, across right. the world. <laughs> right. um, yeah. But we can bring the mission trip right into our home. And so we, we kind of set the to the great. stage and table to them uh, for for them in that in that sense and said uh, we're gonna we're gonna love on kids and and um, if God opens up the door for one to to uh, join our our family permanently uh, then we'll pray through that and we began doing that and so it's been helpful to have walked this journey for sixteen seventeen years and be able to have that side of it uh, right. and now you know helping to lead this this charge here through Southwest Florida to to be able to share with our families some of the struggles it's a challenging work. Oh, yeah. um, we're dealing with um, not just our organization, which is a ministry, but we're dealing with government organizations and a lot of red tape. Ooh, that so, sounds like a lot of yeah. fun yeah. at yeah. times. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's developing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? right. Patience, yeah. kindness. Mm. And sometimes you end up going to court with the kids <laughs> yeah. and having to deal yeah. with the trauma of them having been taken away in the first place, maybe going back and having to testify or whatever. That's a lot. Do you help people get the skills they need to deal with that? We do, and I, th- I think one of the things that I think for, for four kids that's kind of the, the flagship for us is the level of support that we provide for our families, and it's really across um, everyone on our team. They are always available for families. Uh, I have a, a family who just a week or two ago was getting ready to step into a court situation, and they uh, reached out to our foster care supervisor. She said, hey, can you call this family and talk with them? She does a great job, Amanda, talking with them, but from a different perspective of somebody who's been in the courtroom many times and sat with kids, it was good to be able to kind of give some advice, you know, and to give uh, some prayer support even over the phone just to let them know that they aren't alone. And so that's one of the, the levels of support that we provide that really makes a big difference in those uh, families that are stepping in. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments, and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. What has this done for you personally in your walk with Jesus, embracing these foster kids? <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's Probably is, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, it's done so much. We have mm. so often, I, and I mentioned mission trips already. And I've uh, I was in church ministry for thirty years before stepping into this role. So I yeah. led many many mission trips. And so often you hear about going on a trip, and the the person going gets more out of the per people mm. than right. they were serving. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and that's really what it's been like. You know, I 
I love the fact that, you know, my, my older children that have walked this journey, uh, they've all seen the difference that fostering can make. They've seen the heartache of it, having a child in your home for yeah. two and a half years, you know, yeah. ends up leaving that was, you know, grafted into your family for that season. Yeah. And so they've seen that and they've been able to grow in their walk. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, when a child leaves and your heart breaks, uh, but at the same time, you just keep going because you know that there's another child that needs to be loved on. Amen. You know, and not everyone is called to this ministry, but all of us are called to help the children. So how can we help? Yes, that's that's a good question. I mean, like, and when we stepped into Southwest Florida and all we were doing, I say all we were doing, but it was was communicating to churches, hey, this is a big need Um, in Southwest Florida. 700 children were removed from their homes last year. And so that's a big deal. It is. But when you're going to a church and and you're kind of doing our presentation that we do, and we get usually five to 10 minutes if we're uh, fortunate on a Sunday morning to do that, we realize that's a really big ask, you know, and and Mm -hmm. we don't always have, you know, 20 people that uh-huh. that flood the altar. Yeah, exactly. Want to become it's like a parents. stampede, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and yeah. We want it to be like a Billy Graham crusade. It doesn't always <laughs> yeah. happen that way. Cue just as uh, I am, please. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, we just, we just try to um, give some other opportunities. So one of the things that we focus on as a ministry is hope, homes, and healing. And so the the hope aspect of that is really prevention, and that's how churches across Southwest Florida and really all the the regions that Four Kids serves, our twelve counties in the state, we are able to step into a prevention mode, and it's through something called Care Portal. It's basically a technology platform, and we recruit and train agencies that are child welfare agencies in the communities, mm, yeah. and then they place needs into the system, and then we recruit churches to meet those needs. So DCF worker goes out here just a few months back they were at a home it was an abuse call they saw um, there was an abuse going on but there was three children they were sleeping in, a, in one bedroom with no beds no mattresses what no sheets no nothing and so oh, as opposed to going back and, and just kind of closing that case which often might be the case because there was an abuse going on yeah um, they were just under resourced um, yeah. instead mm-hmm. yeah. they took less than five minutes typed out a little narrative hit send, and immediately all the churches that were within that zip code that have been recruited to be a part of this prevention tool called Care Portal, they were notified via an app or email. And we had, um, well, actually the church that we're sitting in right now is one of our Care Portal churches, City Gate, and they just responded, yes, I can help. Wow, this is so cool. This is great. The local church, excuse me, the local church being involved is a very big deal. You know, it's being the body of Christ, isn't it? It's what it's all about. Yep. Hands and feet. They showed up at that home within three or four days, That's delivered great. bunk beds, twin beds, mattresses, even oh, reached man. out to the mom and said, That's hey, great. what are your kids like? Marvel? They're like unicorns. They brought bedding that matched. You know, sharing about how wonderful, really, you know, we complain about the church, but the church is just incredible. Oh, I so know. So many it's ministries great. to help the kids all throughout our listening area and, of course, far beyond. Hey, I just uh, found out that we have somebody who's joining us now via the phone, I think think, Rick, you might know who this is. Could this be your son, RJ? Hey, RJ, good morning. Welcome. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Good. We're doing hey. great. Hey, thanks for calling in. And, uh, you know, this is, this is great because I want to get your perspective on being a foster care family. Uh, you're the oldest of the kids? I am, yes. Don't All right, me. so... 
So as a <laughs> so as a biological uh, child, and then dealing with the dynamics of the foster care kids, how did you navigate that? Was that a challenge for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, at times it was challenging. I mean, there was so much change going on, you know, with uh, you know different kids in the house all the time. It was sometimes and not sometimes all the time crazy <laughs> and yeah. so you know but it was just uh my parents did a great job of like bringing us in on the front end you know like we, before they even started foster care at all they sat down with all of us and said hey well, this is what God's leading us to and so we were able to kind of be in on it you know it wasn't just something that mom and dad said hey we're doing this it was like hey no we are all doing this as a family. It's not just mom and dad saying, Hey, do this, do that. And so it was just a really, honestly, more times than not, it was just awesome to be able to be part of these kids lives because it might've been the only time they had siblings that loved them, you know, not just a mom and dad, but a brother and a sister that, you know, played with them and had fun and all that kind of stuff. You know, the fact that you, I mean, you have lived this life. This is so interesting. So what about uh, the impact of the gospel on the lives of these uh, these kids that are coming into your home? And for you to be in a family where you see Jesus Christ, his gospel, lifted up and loving others in his name, that has to make a huge impact uh, in your own life. Yeah, it does. It, it just kind of it, it shows you how to be the hands and feet of Jesus without showing you how to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You're just doing it. And when you can love like that and you see what that love does in someone's life, um, it really shows you the power of that gospel. And not just in the kids' lives, but in and sometimes the parents who have, you know, not really able to have their children right now, but to see the impact that my parents have been able to have on those parents' lives. Oh, we dropped off there. There he is. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. RJ, uh, thank you so much. I know you're kind of out and about. Uh, Thank you for calling in and for giving us that perspective. We sure appreciate that. Dad, you have to be very proud of your son. I am, absolutely. Each one of our kids are, you know, obviously so important to us. And um, uh, we, we call them by biological and adopted and you know different names and foster kids but they're all our kids you yes know, it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. amen um if we birth them or not so all right rj have a great day today have a great day yay round of applause studio audience for what uh, four kids is doing yay thanks for listening to curtain gate mornings podcast Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.